Hello and welcome to the BeeCast. My name is Amber Miller and I'm here with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey and we are um, on week three of our series Be Within Your Means. Last week we talked about being humble and before that um, self-control or being of sound mind and we are on a roll. This is the the third one, right? Yes. And there's um, one more after this one. So we're really excited. This has been fun and um, Sarah, why don't you... Give us a little bit of insight into what hospitable means. And you are probably the most perfect person ever to talk about hospitality. hospitality. She's so I love hospitality. You know, I'll admit it's one of those things that I don't do as much of as I used to. I think part of that is stage of life and how old the kids are and just being busy in the world of being a mom. Um, but I do love me some hospitality. I love having house guests. I love cooking meals for people or, you know, whatever it looks like. And everybody's hospitality can be different. You don't have to be a Martha Stewart to be hospitable. And I think it's really important to know that because some people look at hospitality and they're like, no way. I'm not touching that. Some of you might not like to cook. Wink, wink. Um, and Who so, is she talking? I'm raising my hand very high. And feet. I'm raising feet. Um, and so you and don't, I'm raising my nose at you. So you don't want to have somebody over. You're intimidated that. you know. And I can remember, like, I do love to cook. And so when people come over, I love to do a big spread. You know, just that's kind of my way of saying, hey, I love you. And I want to treat you to something that probably is different from what we're doing right now in this stage of life. And, you know, I had somebody one time was like they would never invite us over and I just I didn't understand that and they were like are you kidding like I'm not cooking for you (laughs) and so I think it's important to know like it's okay usually you know for me I'm like I don't care buy me pizza like for me not to have to cook one night you know and to be at your table in your house and be invited in um, that is just a blessing to me as much as it is maybe you coming over and me fixing your favorite meal. Yeah. You know, cause I love to find out what people's favorite foods are and make them. Yeah. Um, it's just fun. So I have a little quiz question for you. Uh-uh. The first mention of hospitality in the Bible. Can you guess what it is? Have you read through the notes yet? No. Okay. I can you guess who it is? Somebody prepared a meal. It was a husband and a wife. And they invited someone in? Mm-hmm. It was someone with his companions. Was it, it wasn't Mary and Martha. That's way too late, right? Too late. <laughs> yeah. But we will talk about Mary happen. and Martha. Before that, revelation. Right? That's right. <laughs> the last revelation. Abraham and Sarah. Oh, oh really? Sarah. Yes. Um, and I took that from John Rittenbaugh. So if anybody wants to get in and find out that that's not truthful. Um, Call him. That, take, <laughs> take it up with him. Okay. Um, but it says the first mention of hospitality in the Bible is with Abraham, um, where he and Sarah prepared a meal for the Lord and his companions. Oh, wow. wow. And it often shows in the Bible that when we talk about hospitality, a meal is involved. In fact, I loved this little uh, bit of information as well. Almost every time that it is noted that Christ is with the disciples, they're having a meal. Mm -hmm. And that was just a real time of like humility. Yeah. Taking the time for, um, and honor almost really You talk about those two weeks that he would take the time to sit with Mm. his disciples and have community with them. And so there's, I think that's very unique. You know, we don't want to take the time anymore to sit and have a meal 
as a family, even, you right. know, we're oh, not yeah. sitting around the table. We're it's sitting around the TV. It's hard to be hospitable for your different family it is. to have someone else. And around. we're going to talk about that because I, you know, we talk about this a lot with Be Still Be Free, that for everything that God tells us to do in the Bible, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. It's not so he can inundate us with rules and commands and one more thing to do. It's not about the doing part, right? It's about being clothed in all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it comes naturally so that we can receive the blessing out of why he's called us to do all of these things. Exactly. So being hospi- hospitable is a command. In um, Hebrews thirteen two, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Mm. Uh, Proverbs thirty one twenty, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. And First Peter four nine, the NIV says to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now I'm going to read the Amplified. It's a lot longer, but I love it. <laughs> Practice hospitality to one another. I haven't sung <laughs> on a just podcast to say in a long time. <laughs> She's singing. <laughs> they both just you, looked at me and started you know laughing. It's going to be good. It's the first We're so time. Okay. Singing. I didn't even notice I missed it until you sang. I know, I know, me too. I won't interrupt. I haven't said geeked up. Uh, passionate. I did say passionate you a few times today. And I haven't now sung. You're, you're saying. So okay, we're, we so hush. <laughs> Quiet. Uh, amplified is practice hospitality to one another. Those are the household of faith. Be hospitable. Be a lover of a stranger's. Be brother or with brotherly affection for the unknown guest, the foreigners, the poor, and all others who come your way, who are of Christ's body. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially, and graciously, without complaining, but as representing Him. Wow, how awesome is that? Now it is important to note, and this was a lot in the. Um, Homework that I did, the research did say that hospitality is basically about brothers in Christ. You're reaching out to brothers in Christ. Um, And if you think about the biblical days, you know, they didn't really have a hotel on every street corner. Right. Right. I mean, when they were going from place to place, they needed a place to stay. Um, and so people opened their homes. Literally, people would walk up to a house, knock on the door, and be like, hey, can we stay here for the night? And when you think about that, I mean, there's – it would be a little scary to do that these days, yeah. you know. And I'm, but I'm sure that it was scary in those days also to think about doing that. But people were needing a place to sleep. They needed somewhere to be safe, and they needed a meal. And that was basically what being hospitable did. It met those three mm-hmm. needs. Um the original Greek word for hospitality in the Bible is phylloxenia. The word can be broken down into two parts, philo, meaning love, and exenia, meaning strangers. Wow. Um, you may think of xenophobia, ex- ex- which is a true word, as a fear of strangers. So hospitality, as used in the Bible, means a love of strangers. Wow, that's really interesting. Love, the mm-hmm. girls. That's and that agape love. Is that- um, brotherly love. Yeah, that's that's right. I guess mm-hmm. it's more of the brotherly love, right? So you're you're having that that brotherly. I'm going to take care of you, kindredness. Yeah, you know, we're all in this life together, trying to make it work. How can I meet your need? Well, what's interesting is that they use the brotherly love, which is associated with two people, like brothers, like close right. friends, right. Um, but they then they associate it with strangers. Right. Because so that's really interesting that you're treating strangers in with a manner of love that you would give to a brother. But it's all relative to the Christ family. So mm-hmm. whether we know each other or not, if we are sitting in exactly. the same body of Christ... 
We yeah. are brothers and sisters Ex- in Christ. That's so cool. Right. So that though you really may be a stranger, you're not a stranger. Yeah. You know, you're going to walk the street someday with this person. So how can I serve you here on earth? That is really awesome. Isn't that pretty cool? Mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat. That is neat. Um, so there was a, a Hebrew word as well. Um, H-K, H-A-K-N-A-S-A-T dash O-R-H dot I-M. So I apologize and I'm not even going to try to to explain or say that. But to any Hebrew speaker, this literally means the taking in of guests to take in and, and guess the breakdown of this. So the taking in of a guest, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get around Greek and Hebrew. They're both saying the same thing, right. loving strangers, taking in guests. Yeah. Um, and then just a basic hospitality definition, the act practice or quality of receiving and entertaining strangers or guests in a friendly and generous way. Um, so let's just talk about hospitality. Really, what, why should we even be hospitable? What is there for us to gain? Again, if everything the Lord asks us to do in the Bible has a purpose, has a reason, because he's an intentional God, why is he asking us to be hospitable? Well, you know, something, too, that I just thought was really interesting is we were talking about humility last mm-hmm. week. And um, I think this is a Tim Elmore reference. Um, he talks about the, gosh, is it like the walking stick, the Indian walking stick or something? But he talks about being a host to people mm. um, in conversation and, like, not just, like, taking people in physically and that kind of thing, but in conversations when you're a leader, like, you need to be the host of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Very and interesting. And be, like, hospitable even when communicating. Well, and, and that's actually kind of going to be one of our our reasons why. So be patient. Sorry. It's not one of my special gifts. <laughs> love is patient, no, Amber. I'm working on that. that. I've already admitted that I am not patient. <laughs> Count backwards, Ten, please. Nine, <laughs> um, the first thing I thought of, though, is, you know, when your kids ask you, Mom, why do I have to do this? Or when you asked your parents, why do I have to? What was something that they would say? Because I said so. Because I said so. So <laughs> the first thing is, is why? Because you need to just be obedient. Whether mm-hmm. you get it or not, we don't always have to have a why. That We serve an amazing God who gives us whys. We just need to be obedient. Plain and simple. He says, do it. He doesn't say, if you feel like it, if you have the gift for hospitality, if you have the space, if you have the the uh, means. He just says, do it. You know, how you do it is up to you, but you need to do it. Mm. Secondly, it does meet a need. Um, and that's part of love, right? Love is meeting a need. It's, it's a selfless act. It's about giving and, and being willing to put somebody above your own needs. And as I said before, I mean, it created a warm bed, a safe environment, a meal. They didn't have what we had back in the day. I mean, that's why Jesus ended up being born in a barn. Mm -hmm. They didn't have uh, uh, hotels and hospitality everywhere you turned. Um, and it's an act of love. You know, I just said this. It's, when we practice hospitality, we are modeling godly love, care, and concern towards others. Uh, many scriptures can even come to mind here. Like in Matthew twenty two thirty nine, it instructs us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, would we give ourselves a warm bed to sleep in every night? We give ourselves a warm meal to eat. We give ourselves a safe environment. Why wouldn't we give that mm-hmm. to our neighbor when mm-hmm. they're in need? Even if that neighbor is a stranger, why would we not do that? Or in Romans twelve ten, um, to love one another with brotherly affection. Inviting others into our homes simply shows that kind of love to other people. You never know how you could be um, blessing someone. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. In that moment, um, to expand on Webster's dictionary's definition, 
hospitality in its broadest sense is a love of other people. It means giving your time, your energy, your talents, your resources. Um, it's that whole thing, what we talk about being inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't really do hospitality anymore because we won't be inconvenienced. We don't want to have to fix a meal. Maybe we don't think about ourselves as a very good meal maker. And so the last mm-hmm. thing we want to do is expose ourselves to that. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you don't think your house is clean enough or maybe you're too tired because you worked all day or, you know, whatever it is, we're, we're not doing it. Right. We don't, we grew up where every Friday evening we were in get together with our friends. Now we didn't necessarily have dinner all the time, but mom would make a cake or whoever's house we were going to would have a cake and we would go over on a Friday evening and hang out and play with our friends and do life together. Um, those were some of my best childhood memories. We yeah. don't do that as much in this generation. Um, you know, we covet our family time, we covet our private time, and we kind of shut down and don't entertain strangers. But our kids are not our strangers. So right. it doesn't say hospitality to your family. It says hospitality to strangers. Yeah, that's really interesting because, like, we think of hospitality, at least I do, as being really more f- for that person that you're being hospitable to and it is but it also requires you to open yourself up and be vulnerable in a way that's really godly and christ-like right um, but it's certainly not easy right you know um and i think when we are god knows that we're going to be blessed when we open ourselves up yeah. to obeying mm-hmm. his word um i think someday you know i don't know if when we get to heaven he's going to kind of have like that bag opened up that shows you all the blessings you missed out on Uh right but you know there's probably so many blessings we missed out on because we just just not walking through the door we're supposed to be walking through right Um, trusting really trusting that's right so um we need to be open to a blessing when you think about jesus like i mentioned earlier almost every time that he taught it was over a meal or at a table um we never know what we might learn from the guests that we're entertaining. And we never know what we may be able to impart to guests mm-hmm. when we're entertaining. Um, whether we're doing the teaching or being taught, both are going to give us a sense of joy and appreciation for that moment. I mean, have you ever had that time when you're like, oh, so-and-so is coming over, and I wish we wouldn't have done this. I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. And then after they leave, you're like, that was such a great time. That was so, so great. Did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's totally. the blessing. And I think we shut ourselves off too often because of the uh, part if we would just open ourselves up to it, how many more times we'd be like that was so great I learned so much or you know right whatever yeah it's it's interesting because I feel like we Andy and I have been especially when we lived down closer to his family we were really good about having them over all the time and being just open and mm-hmm. if they said do you want to hang out we were constantly like sure come over I didn't care as much if the house wasn't clean but now that we don't live near family um, the only people that I would really invite over are like friends and coworkers, and I am much less willing to let them see my house yeah. be unclean than yeah. I would. You know, Andy's family. Like, what are they going to do? Like, you know, they're stuck <laughs> they with <don't> me. Care. <laughs> <laughs> but like people who don't know me as well, there's I guess like kind of a perception that I want to give off that mm-hmm. I don't know I could continue if they right. came and saw my house being dirty. Or yeah. and maybe know. if we, the receivers of the hospitality really made a big deal out of how much it meant to us and sure you know it used to be you went to somebody's house for dinner you wrote a thank you note you know people did we don't do that anymore and so i think sometimes you can feel unappreciated sure uh, or it doesn't get reciprocated and so you're like well i keep inviting them over and maybe they you know why am i doing this 
you know, you kind of do get into that what's in it for me thing because you want to give and a take. Um, But I think that, you know, we need to make sure we're good receivers of hospitality. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, And be very grateful for whatever it is, whether it's pizza, you know, on paper plates or it's, you know, a roast on fine china. It just. You need to be grateful for it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so how are we supposed to be hospitable? This is a crazy thing because the Lord really talks a lot about the attitude behind the hospitality. So first of all, you're supposed to do it without complaining. Do it ungrudgingly or without complaining, First Peter 4, 9. How funny is it <laughs> that that's what he chose to say to right. do right to do the hospitality and how not to do it with right. complaining and like how did he know that's <laughs> right because it's so easy to complain about oh i'm so tired and yep. i don't have enough money and what am i gonna use or you know exactly or you know it when i was in a smaller church and y'all are a, a bit of a smaller church you had a missionary come through town and they needed a place to stay right mm-hmm. and so somebody would open their home and have that yep. missionary family often stay yep. there and would feed them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays, I think if you ask people to do that, they'd be like, heck what? no. <laughs> they go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so without complaining, willfully or obediently, Hebrews 13, 2, do not neglect to show it. So we need to do it obediently and willfully, not pulling a tooth. <laughs> you know, like, don't not kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we are supposed to do it willfully and obediently without distracting us from what really matters. Okay, ooh, so here's yeah. our Mary Martha. All right, so Luke 10, 41, 42. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Okay, so, you know, we did the whole be still be free. Mary was being, Martha was doing. There was nothing wrong with Martha doing. And when I read this, I loved what I learned. Martha was doing probably what her skill set was and what became more natural to her. And she knew it needed to be done. Most likely she was the older of the two sisters. Yeah. And that tends to be the way it is, especially if Mary was the baby of the family. Yeah. Because not only was she the younger sister, but she, there were three and she was the baby and babies tend to not do as much around the house as some of the older siblings do. They're more the caretaker, but Martha complained. Hmm. She did it grudgingly. She did. Oh, wow. And she did it with distraction. She was just, while she was doing her hospitality, she was distracted by what Mary was doing. Hmm. And then she came in and told Jesus all about it. Yeah. And said, you need to tell her to get up and help me. And he said, listen, if you're going to be distracted and do this grudgingly, sit down and just listen to my words. She's not not distracted. I I care about. She's Mm -hmm. yeah. She's not complaining. She's not distracted. She's at peace at what she's doing. You on the other hand are distracted. You're complaining. And so you're not choosing the better of the two. That is So if you're going to do it, do it without complaining and do it without grudge. That I is, thought that was huge. That I've never huge. thought of it that way. way. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never thought of it like yeah. that. Yeah. So she was totally distracted on the work that had to be done and keeping score on what Mary wasn't doing. Right. She wasn't helping Oh, she out. was totally keeping score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I appreciate you doing a meal and creating a place for me to be in this house, but... If you're going to do it with a bad attitude, and have you ever been to somebody's house before when you're like, I don't really think they want us here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yes. like, I'm not sure they're happy about this. Should yes. we leave? Yeah, should Why we go? We here? <laughs> you see this is yeah. maybe a bad reference, but the office episode with the dinner party. Do y'all watch mm-hmm. the office? I don't. 
where they have this dinner party and it's like yes, a hot Michael and Jan's mess. <laughs> yes, at Michael and Jan's house, and they're screaming at each other and like in the middle of a fight. And the dinner is like taking like three or four hours to cook, and everybody's miserable. So awkward and uncomfortable. So funny. That's what I think of. Yeah. yeah. How can you watch The Office and not Will Ferrell? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. It's less slapstick and more like. No, it isn't. I no, don't know. It's, not. <laughs> it's funny to me. Oh, uh, maybe I, I can relate to it more because I'm like that. So, <laughs> so here's the other thing. Getting back to this, <laughs> my bad. We ought to put a clip <laughs> to the office. Yes, scene. we ought to put a clip on. Oh, that would be on the, on the blog because that please, would be awesome. Please. Um, we talk about a lot of serious stuff, but we really are a bunch of crazy silly girls. Goofball. Um, okay, so here's the other thing. We're supposed to do it as we are able. So a lot of people are like, hey, I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the space to do this. Um, So let's talk about the widow of Zarephath. The Lord commanded her to feed Elijah, but she had very little. Do y'all know this story? Um, Yeah. And um, the Lord told her through Elijah, give her, give him your pot, give him your, your, um, your, your flour, I think it was, and or what was it? Was it oil? Oil. And um, she's like, "But this is all I have." And after I make a meal for me and my son, we're we're gonna die because I would imagine probably they were starving to death. They just didn't have the means to take care of themselves. Right. And Elijah says, "Bring it to me." And because she was obedient, she had heard the voice of the Lord, but she didn't act on it to begin with. And then Elijah follows up with the same thing that Lord says, give it to me. And so she finally, she gives it to Elijah and says, here you go. We were going to fix a meal. We were going to die because of her obedience. He made that oil just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. So you may think that you don't have a lot and that's why you can't entertain. But if we do it with the right heart attitude and do it in obedience, you never know how the Lord is just going to allow things to keep coming, the resources to keep flowing. And, and you can, again, take those resources and keep blessing people because the Lord's blessing you. Exactly. And that's, that's that whole mindset is not seeing it as yours anyway. That's right. You know, and and pouring it out on others. That's right. Don't be like, but this is all I have. No, we have so much. We have so much in God. And her son grew deathly ill after Elijah did that. And he ended up healing her son. Oh, wow. What if the blessing was really not about the oil to begin with? What if the blessing was allowing Elijah to be in her house because the Lord knew her son was going to grow ill and he knew that Elijah could heal him? Yeah. Well, how many blessings are we missing out on because we didn't invite strangers in because of what we thought our limitations were when really it was about what they were going to do for us, a protection that God was giving us. I know that really spoke to me. Like how many times do I say no? And in doing that, I haven't allowed God to do a wonderful thing in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this book called same kind of different as me. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. I've heard of it. I haven't read it. Oh, you should definitely read it. It's brilliant. It's, um, but it's a true story. This couple in Texas, they're really wealthy and all this stuff. And she wants to volunteer at a homeless shelter and he's like begrudgingly doing it. And they meet this, big old black homeless man who's like awesome, but you know, really scary. And, um, anyway, he ends up, they're kind of, I don't know. I can't tell the whole story, but anyway, basically he ends up being the biggest blessing in their life. Wow. Um, because they took him in and he ended up becoming like a part of their family. Mm. And, um, 
like he and then the husband now have written a couple of books together and he like he's changed their life but they thought that they were doing a favor to the homeless people and it it turned out that this homeless man was like one of the best things that ever happened to them well the first week when we talked about be still be free and we were talking about what being still was we talked about wanting to put the cart before the horse and that we want to put knowing god before we put being still We don't want to live in faith and be still and have to have faith that God is going to show himself to us. It's the same thing here, really. You know, I think we often say no because we don't think we can. And so because of that, we're never going to know the blessing. Mm -hmm. God says, do it. And in doing it, you're going to know more of me and you're going to know more blessing. Mm -hmm. So real quick, I thought, you know, when it really comes down to the table, um, as a family, we're not meeting at the table anymore. Yeah. And how can you entertain strangers when we're not even entertaining our families? A uh, couple of things I just wanted to show on research shows that more frequent the family dinners, the better the adolescents fare emotionally, says new research published by the Journal wow. of Adolescent Health. Time magazine puts it like this. Studies show that the more, and these are not Christian publications. Studies show that the more often families eat together, the less likely kids are going to smoke, drink, do drugs, get depressed, develop eating disorders, consider suicide, the more likely they are to do well in school, delay having sex, eat their vegetables, learn big words, and know which fork to use. If it were just about food, we would squirt it into their mouths with a tube, says Roland Fox, an anthropologist who teaches at Rutgers University in New Jersey, about the mysterious ways the family dinners engrave our souls. Wow. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I just would encourage us to get back to the family table. Yeah. Turn the TV off. You know, and studies show it doesn't have to be every night. Just the more often you do it, the greater your statistics are that these things are going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would even say if we're doing that for our family and then we start doing that with strangers. You know, my kids remember times that we entertained true strangers. Mm. They remember that. Addie was really young one time. She and I were on our way to Tennessee, and we were driving up I-75, and it was really early, and we needed something to eat um, and, and take a potty break. She was probably, I don't know, maybe three, four, no, probably four, four or five. And when we got off the interstate, there was an older gentleman, and for some reason, he looked like my grandpa. And it just, I was like, oh, my gosh. And, he, I mean, he was homeless, and he was standing there with a sign, and he had to have been like 60, 65, probably 65 years old or even more. Um and so I told Addie, I said, hey, listen, we're going to get down here to Chick-fil-A and we're going to get him some food and bring it back to him. And she was like, what? <laughs> like that was totally out of her comfort zone. And so we went down and we bought a bag of breakfast stuff and we bought a bag of lunch stuff and we took it back down. And even I was a little bit, okay, I don't want to put the window all the way down. It was on her side. And so I just kind of cracked the window down and stuck the bags out because I didn't want to give him cash. Um, but I mean, he had enough food to eat for the day without, without question. And even though she was only like four, maybe five, and it's probably just four, she remembers that. Mm-hmm. So you never know. I mean, that's hospitality. We didn't have him come into our house. We didn't invite him into our car. We didn't drive him anywhere. But we did entertain him in a way that said, hey, we love you. and We want to help you out. You never know. The smallest ways could be the biggest blessing to others mm-hmm. or to you. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that you and my mom would get along so well because she's so much like you. She's like queen hospitality. Like, we, she had a cast party a few weeks ago where there were like 50 people at her house, and she had like a whole schedule for the evening, That's including awesome. games for the kids. I mean, she's like amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Very strong. And But um, our, our family was like that. I actually wrote a blog post about it one time. Like, we will be at dinner at a restaurant, and by the end of the dinner, like five of the waiters and Rachel and the owner of the restaurant and six people that we've never met before are all sitting at our table with us, like, you know, having that's this awesome. big meal conversation. And that's how they are. And like, and because of that, there's always new people coming into their life that are, like, their house is always full. Yeah. You know, it, my sisters and I don't live there anymore, but their house is always full. Yeah. And you can see the benefits of their hospitality in their lives awesome. now. It's really interesting. So, all right. Well, is there any other practical applications for today? You know, I would just say with your practical application, one, think about your family. Mm. And, you know, maybe set a goal that once a quarter you're going to open up your home to somebody. Maybe it's your work, your husband's work, um, the church, maybe host a dinner party, you know, a game night. I mean, it can be fun. Maybe it's you've got kids that are older, and so you're going to open have your you know hospitality house for kids. Maybe you can have kids' nights every yeah. so often. Have a movie night. Have pizza night. You know, do something fun with your daughter. Um, create a place where her friends or his friends want to come and hang out. Yeah. Just be, you have to be intentional about it. Because it, hospitality is one of those things that you can write off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't face you every day. You don't think about it every day. So be mindful. Just create a yearly goal of, hey, yeah. four times this year we're going to open up our house to someone else. And throw grace at your feet. You know, make sandwiches. Have pizza. Yeah. Make a, a Stouffer's lasagna. It doesn't have to be great. Yeah. It's in the terms of Martha Stewart, great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for today. Um, be, feel free to visit our website and um, tweet us at bestillbefree.com um, of different ways that you've experienced hospitality and, um, and what hospitality looks like to you. Um, and that's it for today. I'll close this out in prayer because sure. I haven't prayed for our podcast in a few weeks. All right. Um, Father, thank you for um, just being the welcoming God that you are and inviting us as your children into your home and um, into your presence. And I pray, Father, that we would continue to be that welcoming and that hospitable to others. Um, We do it because you first given it to us. And so, Lord, I pray for the gift of hospitality hospitality for all of us and um, that you would help us to truly understand what it means and and help us to put it into practice. And we love you so much. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to the BeeCast. For more resources, please visit www.bestillbefree.com.